Aloha, welcome to Mana Krishna Nohana Midweek Message. My name is Ray Flores. It's going to be my pleasure to bring you God's Word today. And um, the title of this message is called God My Defender. Before we get started, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for your Word that teaches us and instructs us, Lord. We invite your Spirit here to give us discernment and wisdom and to rightly um, divide your word. And we just are so grateful to you, Father, for everything that you've done on Calvary and the fact that you're coming again and you're coming soon, Lord. So we want to just lift up your name in today's message. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yes, the name of this message is called God My Defend Defender. And we get this from Psalms 94. So if you want to hit pause and turn, turn to Psalm 94, that would be a good thing. So we'll start, and I'm going to break this down in a cluster of verses so we can just take a look at it and then we'll just talk about um, what they mean and, and who God is and how he's revealing himself to us in these scriptures. So uh, Psalm 94, verse 1, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs. O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Verse 1 and 2 identifies who God is and his place on high. Then the psalmist asks the question, how long? In this world, we see uh, the never-ending evil that is seeping into every part of our society. And the psalmist is questioning God, Lord, how long will the wicked triumph? This has been a prayer from believers um, way back when. Whenever we see wicked having their way, this is our prayer uh, to God, how long? And uh, it, it is a righteous prayer. Now, remember, vengeance belongs to God. We can believe that justice will be at, will be had. We can cry out to God and he will make everything all right. And when justice is delayed, we cry out, Oh Lord, how long? And go to Romans 8.28 and one of our foundational scriptures. And we know that all things work together for good for those together for good to them that trust God and are called according to his purpose. Starting at verse 4, we see the characteristics of these wicked people. So verse 4, they utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They say, they slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord does not see nor the God of Jacob understands. So their words are against God and his people. They're, they're liars and slanderers. They're violent against God's people. They kill and slay, um, murder their fatherless. And the wicked say that the Lord does not see. So again, blaspheming that uh, the Lord is not omnipresent, all-knowing. Um, and the word in Hebrew says... He is the same in the beginning, now, and forever. 
So verse uh, number eight starts with the rebuke of the wicked people. Verse eight, understand you senseless among the people and you fools, when will you be wise? He who plant, planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who instructs the nations, shall not he correct? He who teaches man knowledge? The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are futile. This is a call to repentance. God knows the thoughts of men, that they are futile. And I just love that part. We make plans and plans and plans, and God knows. And he knows if it's with him, it will succeed. If it's against him, it is going to fail. Now, the focus switches to those who choose the Lord in verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man whom you've instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. God teaches us out of his law or his word. Uh, God sent the Bible to uh, his, to believers that we may um, be instructed on how to live a godly and uh, a righteous life. And that righteousness only comes through Christ because no man is righteous on his own. We all fall short of the glory of God and that's why we need him. So, uh, verse 13. That you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment will return to the righteous. But judgment will return to righteousness. And all the upright in heart will follow. We get rest from the days of adversity. And the Lord will not cast us off or forsake us. Amen. Uh, this is great comfort to believers, especially in times of trials and tribulations. God gives us the joy. He gives us peace. If only we were to reach out and ask for it. He is generous with that. Hebrews 13.5 it says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. Verse 15, judgment will return to all things. God is not going to let things go on like this forever, uh, brothers and sisters. There is a reckoning. Okay, God did free us from sin, but we still live in a fallen world. He, he'd forgiven us on the cross when he shed his blood for all. And those who accept it can live in that freedom, that freedom of torment, knowing that we have uh, Jesus intervene for us on our behalf because of what he'd done because we're all guilty and we all fall short but Jesus was perfect and is perfect and he didn't fall short and he sacrificed his life so you and I can have that peace that surpasses all understanding so let's continue on to verse number 16 who will rise up for me against the evildoers who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity. This is the psalmist um, questioning again. Number, verse 17, unless the Lord had been my help, 
my soul soon would have settled in. If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. So this is a, a rhetorical question, who will rise up for me? Of course, it's the Lord. And then reflects that the Lord has been there all along, especially in turmoil. The Lord comforts us and his comfort delight our soul. Just think of all the things that he has done for you, how, how, done for us, how he's, he's rescued us from the miry clay. He's, he's reached down from heaven to um, forgive us to, to make relationships right. He provides um, a roof over our heads, food to eat, the breath of life. There's more and more and more that, that he does for us. And if you sit for a minute, um, you begin to delight. Your comforts delight my soul. And just thinking about, uh, um, you know, my life and where I've been and where I am at now, uh, that is truly a delight. Uh, just seeing how God has intervened all along to get me to a place where I just want to worship him more and more. Uh, haven't arrived yet, still working on it. So let's move forward to verse 20. Shall the throne of iniquity, which devises evil by law, have fellowship with you? They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. But the Lord has been my defense and my God, the rock of my refuge. Amen. 23. He has brought on them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. So the punishment will fit the crime when the Lord brings justice he will bring justice. Uh, evil will be judged and punished. The throne of iniquity refers to leader, to leaders in power who are evil and devise evil laws and cannot have fellowship with the Most High. So back to verse 21. They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. Evil by law is found in high places, in the places of rulership expressed by the throne of iniquity. Those that make such laws will never have fellowship with God. First John 1 verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not give out the truth. Going back to the phrase in verse 20, which devises evil by law. There are all sorts of evil in this world, but one of the worst kinds of evil that which is set in place by the laws of a people. So a law that protects the murder of the unborn, for example. God sees it and he has no fellowship with it. The same wicked people are the ones described in verse 21. They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. First John 3.13, the NIV, Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that the world hates the people of God. It is the one thing that they can't agree about. They don't like the people of God, but rest assured, God is greater than it all. 
as we see in verse 22 and 23. But the Lord has been my defense and my rock and my refuge. He has brought them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. Living a godly lifestyle is getting um, uh, somewhat, uh, I won't say scary, but exciting. Uh, but we, we know the, the world hates God and the people who are trying to uh, to live for him. But the Lord is my defense. And my God, the rock of my refuge. Uh, many times he has been there for me and grateful for that. And I'm sure uh, if you reflect on your own life, you will come to realize the same thing. So uh, we'll just end with this. God is in charge. He knows the beginning from the end. The victory was won at Calvary. And all you have to do is reach out. And he will be there for you. So thank you for joining me. And I hope, uh, hope you're having a great day.